0: relationship I think is is like a shock, you know, it has to constantly move forward or it dies.
1: And I think what we got on our hands <clears throat> is a dead shock.
0: Seen there from Annie Hall, which is this week's choice by John Fardy for The Cultural Toolbox. John, good morning. How are you? I'm pretty good. good uh, right? Woody Allen has a new movie out this weekend. This is, this is his best known movie.
1: Uh, you mean Annie Hall Yeah, it probably is because his new movie is pretty terrible Uh, Irrational Man I saw it during the week god awful so it's nice to look at probably his most popular film I mean people who are Woody Allen fans argue but this and Manhattan. They're both great. But Annie Hall was where Woody Allen went from kind of just being a gag man, making slapstick, albeit intelligent movies, to this is kind of more of an adult movie. Uh, you know, before this, it was just kind of one liner after one liner. You're such a great lover. Oh, well, I practice a lot when I'm alone. And the the movies, were, their movies were just that after that. With, with clever cinematography, Annie Hall is when he took a a Gigantic Leap. It was a movie about a man and a woman. And in a way, you know, it sounds strange to say it about a Woody Allen movie, but it's kind of the first modern rom-com. So many but not,
0: movies you've not a, seen. Not a Jennifer Aniston type rom-com.
1: No, but, but that that trope kind of began with Annie Hall, even though this doesn't work. Nothing works out well in Woody Allen movies, let's face it. I mean, he's a, he's a nihilist about romance and life, and he's obsessed with death. But... This, for people who don't know, was the story of his then-girlfriend... Diane Keaton. And
0: she she was his girlfriend. Yeah, around in, this time in real life. Yeah, so and
1: and and they had an on-off thing for a long time. Woody Allen's love life is rather chaotic, as we <laughs> know. So we won't get into all of that. But he had a blossoming relationship for a long, relationship for a long time with Diane Keaton. And this is in a weird kind of way a fictionalized account of that relationship. And it's told in a very strange kind of way. It begins with the relationship being over, and then it kind of takes in the whole life of the relationship and his whole life as a comedian, as a guy who did stand-up and then as someone who did something else and it just contains so much stuff in the 102 minutes that it's on for and yet it also has what I was saying, laugh after laugh after laugh but there's a lot of heart to it as well and you root for this neurotic and this kind of kooky woman, you know? It's...
0: It's more that like Woody Allen plays himself to a greater or lesser degree in all his films.
1: Yeah, to a greater or lesser degree. I mean there's there's a few things. I mean he's he's not I don't think, in real life, quite as wimpy and quite as cowardly. I mean, he's actually a big sports fan. He plays a lot of tennis, apparently. But yeah, I mean, he says, he has said, there's oh, certainly when it comes to acting, he only really knows how to play one type of character, and that's this funny, neurotic, slightly troubled character who's obsessed with kind of psychotherapy and Ingrid Bergman movies and stuff. And I suppose, you know if the aliens came and you wanted to show them what the Woody Allen character was, it's this guy in Annie Hall. He's almost as recognisable as the Groucho Marx with the glasses and stuff like that. Why don't we take a, a little listen to it, bed this down. This is how the movie begins. And in this, you, you'll hear the smarts as well as the humour.
0: There's an old joke. Um, two elderly women are at a Catskill Mountain resort. <clears throat> and one of them says, boy, the food at this place is really terrible. The other one says, yeah, I know. And such small portions... Well, that's essentially how I feel about life, full of loneliness and misery and suffering and unhappiness, and it's all over much too quickly. It is about, it's obviously about uh, Woody Allen, but it's also about love and, yeah. rela- and relationships. They're, they're not always the same thing, of course. No, but... no,
1: absolutely not. And you know, the way this relationship is handled, it, it it's kind of beautiful, which isn't something you normally associate with Woody Allen movies, but the character he plays in Alvi Singer is besotted with her. You know, she says to him at one point, do you love me? And he goes, you know, I, I love you. There, I need to put an extra V into it. Like there's a lot of sweet romance in this as well and genuinely affecting. And when it starts to come apart, the relationship, it's quite sad in places. Like you, you really root for him because he adores her and she's very taken with this funny, funny guy who has an odd take on life and, you know, she starts to explore different things in her own life. He gets her into psychotherapy and she goes to see someone, you know, and she comes back from the therapist and she said, she said I might have something called penis envy. Do you know what that is? And he says, I'm one of the few men who suffer <laughs> And there's also some great set pieces in it. I I know you've seen the movie. There's a wonderful scene where a very young Christopher Walken plays Annie Hall's brother and uh, Woody Allen's over for dinner and he takes him aside and says to him, "I, I have this terrible thought sometimes when I'm driving, I want to crash into the oncoming cars and Woody Allen's kind of shocked. And then the next scene is him being driven to the airport by Christopher Walken <laughs> as wide as it goes. And there's so, there's a famous cocaine scene where he's s- sniffing cocaine to see what it this is, is. This is when he, he goes to
0: it. Los Angeles. Is a, yeah. Of course, Los Angeles is oh, the an- antipathy of everything that absolutely. he identifies with. And it, it's one of the great contrasts in the movie between yeah. uh, New York and Los Angeles his background yeah. as you know a as a New York a neurotic New, New York, York Jew, Jew well. she's a yeah. wasp uh. yeah
1: and I mean you know he has a love affair with New York and and it's, it's you know New York represents everything great and artistic and California is terrible and they're driving along his friend has become a, a TV star over there he used to be in New York and someone says you know there's no garbage here and he says that's because they turn it into all their TV shows you know like he hates LA it seems in real life, as well, and you know, he won an Oscar for this and refused to accept it, and because that was all part of the the Hollywood thing, you know. And as he even says in the movie, all they do is give out awards, you know, greatest dictator Adolf Hitler, award <laughs> after award. So it, it, it's funny. This contains nearly. Everything we know about Woody Allen, his, his his love of kooky women, his neuroticism, his love of certain types of cinema, his hatred for the Hollywood system, you know, it's all there. It, it's his, his magnum opus, it really is.
0: And it's, uh,
1: it's kind of a...
0: The other great love interest in uh, the film, uh, apart from Diane Keating, is New York itself.
1: Oh, yeah. And I mean, probably in Manhattan that comes across even more. But some of his movies, you just can't imagine them taking place anywhere else. And the cinemas he likes to go to and the food places that he likes to eat in. I mean, it just screams New York. And, you know, I, I remember... You know, but it's, being, a, it's,
0: it's a particular type of New York. Oh yeah, it's
1: not, it's not it's not the paddies on the building sites no. or anything like that. It's the Upper East Side intellectuals. But he does show you the other sides. Like he's, he's recognised on the street by guys who look like they might be in the mafia and stuff and they're stopping him outside the yellow taxi cabs. So he does take it all into view, but his New York is a very, you know wealthy, intellectual, arty kind of type, mostly, as I say, on that Upper West or Upper East Side. I can never and
0: tell. And, and kind of self-obsessed.
1: Oh, to, to yeah. Degree. And uh, they're all in therapy about, about about everything. And therapy that goes nowhere. You know, like, like, like he says in another movie, uh, you know, my analyst got so frustrated he finally put in a salad bar. Like, you know, <laughs> they're all in therapy but it doesn't go anywhere. And there's a brilliant... You see, the problem with this is, and, and Shane makes allowances for this, <clears throat> I could possibly we don't have time and I'm sure the listeners know you don't have the inclination but I think it, I could possibly recite the entire script. It's how many times I've seen it and I think it's probably the best comedy ever.
0: That's, if if that's, not the odd That's, that's what the internet is for.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe I'll do a YouTube clip yeah, of me yeah. blindfoldedly reading the script. But I just I just adore this movie from head to toe because it makes me laugh and it has a lot of heart and as I say, there's there's an intelligence to it. It was his shot at the title if you want. Is it
0: Woody Allen's made a lot of duds and a lot of great films. Oh, is yeah. this his greatest film?
1: Yeah. I, I, if you were just
0: say, if you saying yeah. listeners, you know, who are unfamiliar yeah. with the work of, uh, of uh, Woody Allen, they, they, they don't know his films, is this the, yeah. this the film this, you tell them to watch?
1: The beginning, middle and end, this is where it, it contains everything. It contains multitudes. And you know, lately there have been some terrible films, but it's not quite as easy to say they've all been awful. There's been some decent stuff in there as well Uh, Midnight in Paris was great Vicky Christina Barcelona was pretty good, there was one Whatever Works with Larry David a few years ago which wasn't bad, some of them have been awful match point you know, terrible stuff but the problem with Woody Allen is now that he's, he's on this almost like Bob Dylan constantly touring, he makes a movie every year sometimes one and a half because that's what he does and he has very little interest in their success it seems, I mean with Manhattan he didn't even want it to be shown he was so disappointed with it so he really is that our tour and that whether you or I like it doesn't really bother him it's just this internal kind of clock he's working to so we can all go and Swing for it really
0: There there was a time I suppose when he would have been regarded as a tremendously influential cultural figure tremendously influential in the world of cinema that time has probably passed
1: Yeah but at the same time so many of the movie makers now like Wes Anderson and and Noah Baumbach and people like that even Quentin Tarantino to, to a weird kind of extent all owe him a depth of gratitude, even if they don't talk about it anymore. Certainly 10 years ago, you could see his influence everywhere. So he's still there. And I mean, hats off. He, he is still working and refusing Oscars, you know. And I, I, after nine eleven, they got him to come over and, and ask people to, to continue to come to New York. And he said, you know, when the Academy rang, he thought they were looking for their statues back. <laughs> <laughs>
0: John Fardy, thank you very much. John will be back next week. That's it for me this Sunday morning. I'm Pat Leahy filling in for Shane Coleman. Thanks for listening. Off the Ball is up next. Thanks to the Sunday Show team. Stephen Jordan produced. The Off the Ball guys, as I say, are here next. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday.